Hello, and welcome to the Translation Company Talk, a weekly podcast show focusing on translation services and the language industry. The Translation Company Talk covers topics of interest for professionals engaged in the business of translation, localization, transcription, interpreting, and language technology. The Translation Company Talk is sponsored by Hybrid Links. Your host is Sultan Ghaznawi with today's episode. Welcome to today's episode of the Translation Company Talk podcast. Today we will be hearing from Linda Sosedo about the field of medical translation. Receiving a diagnosis of a serious disease is not only scary, but it is often accompanied by many questions. For those patients who speak little or no English, communication is often an additional barrier between them and healthcare providers. The medical industry relies on translation services to make treatments and medication understandable to patients speaking various languages. This makes efficient communication possible between physicians, patients, and other healthcare professionals. My guest today is Linda Sosedo. Having emigrated to the United States at the age of 15, Linda knows firsthand the difficulties that individuals are faced with when learning the English language, as well as the challenges of becoming acclimated to the healthcare system in this country. Her own personal understanding of these challenges, education, professional experience, and her passion for providing health information to the public, language, and culture led her to pursue a career in the translation and localization industry. Linda is the manager of the translation program at Publicist Sapient. She has more than 15 years of experience leveraging clinical and medical research as well as translation localization services expertise. She uses this experience to plan, execute, and manage projects aimed at delivering timely and relevant health information to Spanish-speaking audiences. Linda brings years of experience managing and providing English to Spanish translation localization services to the National Cancer Institute Office of Communication and Public Liaison. She has extensive knowledge of translation technology and experience of overall localization business and its application to clients' strategy. Linda, good morning and welcome to the Translation Company Talk. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm so pleased that you're here. In order to get started, let's let's uh, get an introduction out of the way so the listeners of the podcast know about who you are and what you do. Yes, of course. First of all, um, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, my name is Linda Saucedo. I have a BS in biochemistry, spent nine years working at a small pharmaceutical company after graduating from college. Uh, this job granted me the opportunity to also work as a research assistant at the National Institutes of Child Health and Development and the National Institutes of Health. After a few years, I then continued being a research assistant for the Montmaro Registry at Georgetown University. I decided then to pursue job opportunities in the health communication field, which allowed me to start learning about medical translation. As a result, my interest in medical translation grew tremendously. I started taking some courses. And then after a few years working in the industry, I decided to pursue a master's degree in translation project management and localization. Today, I am the translation program manager at Publicis Sapien with more than 20 years of experience providing medical translation and localization services. Our team is responsible for the translation and localization of the National Cancer Institute's Spanish site, and we 
also provide these services to other um, office divisions and offices at the National Cancer Institute, including some of their microsites. I am a certified uh, project management professional and have been able to combine my clinical and research background with my translation services experience to execute, manage um, projects, targeting, delivering of timely and relevant health information through print media and website communications to members of the Hispanic community. I also have extensive knowledge of translation technology and content management systems and expertise of, of overall localization business and its applications to our client's strategy. I have also led all efforts for the translation team to pursue and maintain ISO 17100 certification uh, to ensure that uh, and I continue to ensure the team is meeting certification standards and qualifications. Linda, what motivated you to uh, join the language industry? What was the driving factor? Yes, yeah, so my life in retrospect has been devoted to learning and making sure that my profession helps to improve the health and lives of others. Coming from a family of doctors and nurses, I became interested in the medical field at a very early age. I was very fortunate to come to this country to continue my high school studies when I was 14 years old. And then after graduating, I decided to stay in the United States and pursue a career in the medical field. It was during my high school years and then doing internships uh, as a college student in a large hospital, uh, also working at an orthopedic practice and meeting Spanish speakers during my year uh, working in research that I started to notice the need for for language services. Uh, Spanish-speaking patients and their families were really struggling to understand doctors' instructions and the healthcare system. It was at this moment when I decided that I wanted a career that would allow me to use my degree and background in medical research, linguistics, and my passion for languages and culture to greatly impact the flow of clinical critical health information to the Spanish-speaking individuals. Looking back, Linda, what are some of the interesting events and concepts that have stood out to you and in a revolution? sense that have changed the industry? Yeah, this is a great question. Uh, one of them is technology and how it has become so important in today's globalized world and how it is helping businesses. Um, technology has brought many opportunities for language service providers. Um, also, another one is COVID, the most recent one. Um, I mean, it, it, it really highlighted the significant problem we have in health disparities and how some communities were more negative, negatively impacted with worse outcomes. So I feel like our the work that we do became so, so important. And, um, you know, how we were translating and disseminating, in, in my case, to the Spanish-speaking families um, and to do it accurately and quickly during, you know, this global pandemic. Well, that, that's very interesting and fascinating for me, actually. Uh, you combined, uh, you know, multiple factors, including technology and COVID, which obviously people would say that not, like 9-11, it changed the course of the history of the world. And, and obviously it had a deep impact on our industry. But today I have invited you, Linda, today to speak about medical translation, which is an area that uh, you're intimately familiar with. Uh, it's so close and dear to you. Give us a high level view of the state of translation 
translation for medical industry? Uh, yes. So we know that the medical industry is highly regulating, uh, regulated and understanding the importance of working with a reputable experienced language service provider that places importance on maintaining certifications or compliance, uh, for example, with ISO standards, displaying commitment to the medical industry is vital. As LSPs or organizations uh, like ours specializing in medical translation, we know what's required and helps clients navigate their requirements and employ professional and experienced translators. From my years working in this industry, I have experienced the growth of the industry, the need of medical translation, the advances in medicine and technology, different verticals and specializations, the skills professionals translator needs in order to succeed in an industry that continues to evolve. Um, the market may seem very saturated, but I feel that we shouldn't get discouraged. The challenges have multiplied, but so have the opportunities if we open our mind to them. I have also noticed that there is more interest and different approaches to medical translations. For example, the use of plain language for patient content to ensure that the information is easy to understand. Um, I think we should continue to learn uh, about the new AI technologies and its possible use for the medical industry, which are going to be the best solutions to use. Um, the use of machine in translation, uh, reassuring that our clients um, know that, you know, we also take into consideration that the accuracy and the quality of the translations are our top priorities. And also that the translator's role is vital during the translation process. And also, you know, the topic of data privacy and security that is very important for our clients and power we addressing this. In your opinion, Linda, why should medical content be treated differently from any other type of content? Of course, we know that there could be critical implications for wrong translation when it comes to quality. Yes, that's correct. I mean, you know, mistranslation could impact us, you know, uh, patients' health care, compliance with treatment, uh, medicine dosage, etc. In my opinion, we should treat medical content differently because clear and effective communication in the medical field is crucial. There is a lot of medical misinformation in it, and it is our responsibility as professionals to provide trustworthy medical information. Miscommunication can result in wrong diagnosis, as we know, and treatment plans, or even lead to serious health problems like infection and diseases. Uh, the medical technology is Precise, minor inaccuracies can seriously affect a patient's safety. So, you know, as a result, professional medical translation services are crucial for ensuring accurate and effective communication between healthcare providers and non-native speakers. Medical translation services, uh, I believe, are essential for healthcare professionals, drug manufacturers, medical institutions, and other medical units. Um, also, uh, medical translation can be very helpful in engaging page, page and patients I'm sorry, in clinical trials because it allows for effective communication between the research team and the patients and their families. We know that there is a lack of trust due to historical maltreatment, and thus they may be more likely 
to avoid clinical trials. So translating correctly and in a culturally sensitive manner, uh, all the relevant information can help ensure that the patient's medical care is appropriately coordinated and that any treatment or follow-up care is provided in a way that is consistent with the patient needs and preferences. I mean, ultimately, we will be building trust and also improve the chances of patient recruitment and retention, success and health outcomes worldwide. So it is essential to work with uh, professional medical translators with the necessary skills and expertise to translate complex medical terminology and concepts accurately using a language that is appropriate for the intended audience. Speaking of uh, medical translators and, and the expertise that they bring in, how is the resource uh, availability uh, situation when it comes to translation of medical content today? That's a great question. Sometimes I find that it's difficult to find professionals and experienced medical translators who specialize in specific areas of medicine and healthcare uh, and that understand the complex medical terminology and concepts. For example, uh, for our team, it is vital that the medical translator has extensive knowledge of oncology related terminology. It's important, um, I feel, to identify the qualifications and competencies needed um, in in a given team and consider asking, for example, to complete a medical translation assessment so one can evaluate the knowledge and skills and experience of the translator. Uh, To enable medical uh, translation capability you just mentioned, what do professionally trained Mm -hmm. translators need to do and to learn in order to get there? Yeah, this is a very good question. I think, you know, they um, they want to start by determining if they want to work for an LSP or or organization like ours, um, that this type of schedules they would like to work. Um, Learn about the translation team needs and requirements. What are the clients' needs and requirements? The type of content that they will be translating, the domain and verticals about the CAD tools, software, and CMS that are used, um, just to name a few. Also to continue learning about technology, medical translation related topics. Uh, Keep attuned to research about our language and every topic we uh, translate because this research trains us too and learning new technologies will also push us more into that. And we have to remember, um, you know, that especially the translators that they understand the cultural nuances and they are the ones helping to deliver cultural acceptable products and also be able to adapt to changes because clients may have different priorities, different initiatives, and also to be able to work in agile environments. And lastly, you know, for them to remember that their knowledge and expertise will continue to be vital in this industry, even with the rise of new technologies. There are LSPs that are specialized, as you mentioned, in delivering medical translation services. Linda, what makes them good at it and uh, what is the criteria for success? Uh, yes, so I believe every LSP have their own definition of success and their strength may be different. Some may cater to different industry verticals, such as pharmaceuticals, medical services, clinical trials, website translation, and localization, uh, just to name a few. However, they all have industry knowledges uh, 
knowledge and years of experience. They have teams of certified and qualified medical translation. Their approach to project management. Some of them have a track record of quality translation and client satisfa satisfaction. They also have technical knowledge and expertise. And um, they have ISO certification or robust workflow management systems and experience with the technology. Um, I also believe that criteria for success is understanding the client's visions, their needs and requirements, um, you know, for LSP to take the time to listen and understand client's pain points, identify where they can offer personalized attention and support to meet the unique needs of healthcare providers, the federal agencies, organizations, etc., and assist them in evaluating what brings the most value, help them expand their knowledge of transformation as well. For organizations like yours, Linda, what is the impact you would like to see by delivering translation in any foreign language? Um, I would look, I would like to see by delivering translations, um, particularly in Spanish and other language, um, the timely and accurate dissemination of research results serving those affected, in our case, um, by cancer, including healthy individuals who may benefit from prevention and early detection strategies and patients, caregiver and cancer survivors, also to make effective communication possible between physicians, patients and other healthcare providers, and additionally to engage our clients partners across the United States and the world. Okay. And uh, what about the process? Uh, let's talk about that for a moment, Linda. What is involved in uh, translating uh, medical content uh, in order to start from, you know, no translation, an organization which may not have any translation assets or process or uh, people in place, and they're starting from ground up. What do they need to acquire the, you know, the optimal translation output? Yes. So I think that that a lot depends a lot on you know on the translation team needs and the clients uh, needs and their requirements. Um, it from my experience, I mean I remember by at the beginning we were not using trans uh, translation technology um, and little by little uh, we start introducing it. But first we took the time to do our research um, to look into different technologies and determine which one was going to work for the team. Also, uh, we had to invest the time in training translators once we uh, decided on the uh, translation technologies we were going to use. As far as the process, uh, I understand that different LSPs organizations may have different approaches and processes to translationalization. Um, ours, I can share a little bit of ours. Uh, we work very closely with the teams that are responsible for the English content. Uh, we have initial review of the original documents to address any issues that may impact translation. We also collaborate with the information architecture team and the analytics teams who provide SEO findings and analytics uh, when needed from the English content to inform the SEO discovery analysis and recommendations for the Spanish content. Uh, we also follow uh, 
establish translation workflows for all content types. I think having translation workflows um, is, is very important. And like I said, it may be diff slightly different depending on the type of content um, that one is translating. Uh, also, I feel that it's very important to develop and maintain linguistic assets such as um, style guides, um, uh, having dictionaries or glossaries. Um, it's also very important uh, for the translational process. Um, in our case, we do a lot of terminology management, um, and that includes, I mean, from revising terminology all the time, uh, because, as you know, um, language evolves. Uh, also, because we do SEO as part of our um, process, we do a lot of terminology extraction. Um, we also uh, maintain, take a lot of time to maintain um, our uh, terminology um, uh, databases and the translation memories that we have in our TMS. And especially now that we have been uh, using uh, machine translation. And so that's, you know, some of the um, areas that are important for our um, processes. And it, we do have a lot of uh, steps, but for our client accuracy, and quality is very important and also teams collaboration so that we're able to meet the deadlines and ad address the issues uh, as quickly as possible as a team. Let me ask you about what are the different types of content that must be translated and adapted for the sector. You mentioned earlier that for patients some content needs to be delivered in plain language where clinicians and care providers may need the language and, and their own industry lingo. Uh, how? What are the classes of language or content that needs to be delivered and that you work with and what type of translators you need for those? Yes, our team is responsible for translating cancer-related content for health professionals and patients. Um, we also have um, dictionaries of cancer terms and genetic terms. Um, we also are responsible for the translations for multimedia and the clinical trial information. Um, as far as the qualifications for the translation, in, in our team, all the translators have the science background. We have a physician, and she's also uh, certified as a terminologist, and is the one that does a lot of the terminology work and SEO. However, we are constantly uh, training all of the translators in different areas, because ultimately, they're all working with this content, either the patient content content on the health professional content and the style guys are key because it helps us you know um, understand okay when we're translating a document that is for patient these are the type of guidelines that we have to follow as I mentioned you know using plain language inclusive language ensuring that we're using the tone and voice that the client has already decided not only for the English but also for the Spanish content and then for the health professionals, is obviously the register is higher. Uh, so terminology will be different. And then 
talking about terminology because we work with two different audiences, uh, we ensure that we have terms that can be used for the patient content, you know, with a lower registry, and then terms that are, you know, more technical that are used in the health professional content. Do you have any statistics, uh, Linda, on how medical translation affects patients and care providers? Uh, how do you use them to guide your organization's localization practices? Um, for our content, our clients perform extensive audience uh, research and usability testing on our content, both in Spanish and English. For example, they conduct stakeholder interviews and also they have what is called the um, user experience research weeks uh, to gather information from users. And these users uh, are patients, they're caregivers, they're health professionals as well. And then the data and the statistics are then presented and reviewed with different teams, including us. And then we use this data to help us inform our content and our translation strategies. We identify where the gaps are, and then that helps us determine where we need to make improvements, you know, because we want to, ultimately, we want to ensure that this information is really helpful to our audience. And we can also request analytics reports, you know, from different um, tools such as Crazy Egg and Activity Map that um, allows to analyze the data even further. No discussion is complete these days without talking about technology. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, technology has a place. And besides our standard TMS or translation management systems that are prevalent in, uh, across every vertical in our industry, what other technology enablers do you employ for delivering accurate medical translation? Uh, yes. So besides the ones that you mentioned that we use, uh, we also use uh, terminology management solution. Um, as I mentioned um, a little bit earlier, we have started to use neural machine translation, and which has been integrated in our um, TMS workflows. Uh, we also use terminology extraction tools and other software that allow us um, to generate reports that assist us in ensuring the consistency and accuracy of the terminology as well. Linda, in, in our industry, in the translation sector, um, everybody wants their content done yesterday, the translation done yesterday. Time is of the essence for any, any translation project, more so probably for medical translation where someone's life could be on the line or there could be something that's affecting the community and so forth. How do you ensure your projects meet the deadline? Yes, so for our client, um, it's not so much... It, it well, it, let me go back. It actually depends on different factors. For example, on the client's priorities. You know, if there is um, new content that they want to be live immediately, or uh, we work very closely with the editorial boards. All of the content is reviewed very carefully by the editorial board. So if they find something that they feel it needs to be translated right away, you know, then we need to 
you know, work on that. Or, for example, uh, the American Society updates today's statistics for cancer type or new FDA approved drug or indications for those drugs. Um, yes, we need to, you know, try to um, provide those to the user as soon as possible. So the com communication and collaboration with all of the stakeholders involved in the projects is very important because we want to ensure that no steps in the process are missed, especially in medical translation, and then monitoring and managing every project carefully, assessing the possible risks that could potentially impact the deadline and have solutions in place. Let me ask you, Linda, about that kind of liability that is involved in delivering medical translation services. Besides the right domain knowledge, education and experience, what else is needed to safely deliver this type of translated content? Mm -hmm. um, yes, I believe, you know, the ISO certifications, you know, uh, so shows ISO 17100, 27001. I mean, there's so many, even, um, you know, the one for human post-edited machine translation, um, the ISO certification for quality management, um, the one for medical service devices, I'm sorry, uh, also certified translators. And in some cases, depending on the LSPs or uh, other organizations, they may ask for translators to have general need liability insurance and professional, professional liability insurance as well, and ensure that you know that the systems and the workflows built for are built for data security and privacy and quality control. Okay, speaking of data security and and uh, information uh, security, privacy, and so forth, I know that California has its own uh, regulations and requirements. What do our colleagues in the industry need to know about these things? Uh, you know, they are probably still receiving files through email to translate and return. What should they take into consideration as a translator when translating or as an LSP who is sending out these content for translation? Um, well, I can speak a little bit about, you know, for like organizations like ours, um, you know, to understand uh, very well the policies um, of the organization and also the policies around data security and privacy of the clients. Um, in our case, because uh, we work with a government agency, you know, we have to be aware uh, of what those policies are and work together uh, to ensure that, you know, we're following their guidelines and also the organization guidelines. This podcast is made possible with sponsorship from Hybrid Links, a human-in-the-loop provider of translation and data collection services for healthcare, education, legal, and government sectors. Visit hybridlinks.com to learn more. Going back to technology, Linda, how has the emergence of new technologies such as generative AI like ChatGPT impacted delivery of medical translation services? So as of today, uh, we're not users of this technology. Uh, so I cannot provide much information on how it has impacted the delivery of medical translation services. However, uh, I am still learning about generative AI and understanding the risks, the benefits, looking into uh, 
data security and privacy and other aspects as well to then determine if it will meet our organizations and client needs and requirements and if it makes sense uh, to our business before you know I move into testing and eventually implementing um, but I will continue to learn before making you know these big steps um, our latest addition to our suite of translation tool is machine translation which um, as I mentioned earlier we have added to our translation workflows but um, you know we understand that we cannot rely on it for example for confidential medical documents because it could have legal and ethical implications we also know that translation of medical content requires accuracy and precision due to the complexity of the medical terminology and machine translation not always captured the nuances of these terms we also understand that the lack of cultural and linguistic understanding may result in errors or misinterpretation that could endanger patient safety, for example. So we continue to watch the output of the translation uh, memory and making some tweaks to our dictionaries and terminal uh, translation memories. We have proper quality control measures in place and ensure that our team of professionals and uh, experienced medical translators are vital are a vital part of the process because they're the ones that possess the necessary expertise and knowledge to ensure the accuracy and confidentiality in all medical translation, uh, making them a crucial component of the global healthcare communication. Now let's look at some of the opportunities in this space, Linda. What can be done better uh, for medical translation and, and how can it be done? Uh, what are your top challenges as a localization manager for medical content today? Yes, I would say that uh, one of our biggest challenges is the diversity of the communities. For example, in the U.S., this Hispanic community is culturally and linguistically diverse. Uh, their vocabulary can be quite different depending on which country a person comes from. Uh, there are differences in terminology, such as, for example, how they describe pain. Uh, so there are also differences in grammar. So we also have uh, been seeing a large population of indigenous groups coming from Latin America. So medical translators must be aware of the linguistics and cultural differences and the context in order to, do, to produce the right translation. Languages evolve and medical terminology is always changing. Another challenge are the new technologies and identifying which one will provide, you know, the most benefit and meet the requirements and the needs for the translation teams and in our case also for the client. If you had any advice, Linda, for our vendors and, and our provider colleagues like the LSPs, what would that be? <clears throat> Due to the fact that we have an in-house translation localization team, um, we don't outsource. However, I would encourage them to continue to stay at risk of the new technologies and learn how to use them and not to be afraid of working with localization teams and, and different types of software. Okay, thank you so much, Linda, for that. And in closing, uh, let me ask for your thoughts on the future of medical translation service. How do you see the sector shaping in the next five years? Oh. I believe that the need for medical translation services will continue to increase and we continue to see new specializations, advances in medicine, medical communication. We are translating more content 
that need our knowledge and expertise. Um, we know that it is vital for everyone providing medical translation services to stay abreast of the industry, the specializations of interest and new technologies. The way we work may change. We should embrace the change and embark with passion and optimism on what could be a new era for this sector, uh, but yet uh, one filled with, I believe, immense fulfillment, knowing that we're making great contributions to the industry and the clients and the audiences we serve, uh, we, that we continue to grow as LSP and creating value for us and for our clients too. Well, that was such a great conversation, Linda. You covered a wide array of topics. There's actually so much to process. Uh, I'm sure our colleagues heard, processed, and, and learned quite a bit today. I really enjoyed speaking with you and I can't wait to speak with you again on a topic of interest for you and uh, the industry. And uh, with that, let me thank you for your time and for sharing your wisdom with the industry today. Thank you very much, Salta, for having me. Okay, it's time for my roundup of the interview and my analysis as to what has been discussed. As you heard, translating medical content is a lot more involved and requires very specific skills to deliver a translated message that would bring timely information to people impacted, whether it is the clinician or the patient. I feel that as our industry is becoming more specialized, the need for medical translation will only grow and we will need more labor and skilled translators in this area. Technology will bring in some degree of relief for the low priority medical content and I see the future where some of the content will be eliminated by machine learning solutions like auto triage where a human translator would have been involved in the past. As any industry, the need for highly specialized and condensed medical content will drive the need for professional medical translation. LSPs focusing in this area must also bear in mind that the liability related to the accuracy of their work may be a lot higher compared to other sectors and as such take great care to use the right resource process and terminology for this type of content and integrate more closely with their clients for contextual understanding. This is a great and noble field and I encourage more of our translator colleagues to think about specializing in this area. That brings us to the end of this episode. I had a great time speaking with Linda Sosedo who is a leader in the medical translation space. I certainly learned a lot and I can't wait to speak with her again. Don't forget to subscribe to the Translation Company Talk Podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible and other platforms. Also give this episode a 5-star rating for the quality of the content and comment or send us questions. Until next time. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned for our next episode.